0: This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia.
1: Does my mind, this is, my, this is the question, does my mind have me or do I have my mind? A
0: mind control of my mind.
1: Is my mind yeah. an instrument Yeah. or is it the thing running me? Wow, that's and good. And I think that's, that's
0: good. the simple. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Distinction.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think for most people. These days, in our culture particularly,
0: their minds have them. Yeah. I want you to imagine a person who was fully aware of their clarified values and actually lived them on a momentary basis. Who would they be? Well, that's
2: a great question for everyone yeah. to ask themselves, I would think. You know, because it's really about if those values are the shining light, the thing that guides you. What's the possible? You know, what's possible for you if you live those moment to moment? And you're right, we don't. We we waver. We you know.
1: Well, we get distracted. We Get
2: distracted. Yeah. We fall off yeah. The wagon. distracted yeah. But
1: I, I think you know, if, if I was going to answer that, I'd have to say, oh well, you'd be a transcendent being.
0: See, I'm not even married. <laughs> Not now. At the moment. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it it will happen. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Or partnership. I'm really, really confident of that. Yeah. Um, And I look look forward to being, and I'm driven by this purpose, to Mm. be a man who can love deeply. Mm. Very deeply. Mm. And to me, the definition of that is love in action on a daily basis. Yeah. Mm. Because I want I, I, I'd love to be a catalyst with the right partner to creating the greater us. Mm. And the us to me is something far bigger than who I am mm. and far bigger than who she is and can only be created mm. through through the both of us. but yeah. it actually is a hard edged purpose. Mm. I call it the us. <laughs> all behavior is underpinned
1: by values yeah the question is what value oh, <laughs> yeah. so if i'm if i'm when i was in the place this is, you know thankfully not happened that yeah. i can think of in recent times but back you know years back where i was you know getting in her face yeah. about something what was i valuing well what i came to understand was i was valuing being right yeah yeah <laughs>
0: And you were, Ralph. (laughs) I was! Now, what was it that Jim Carrey used to say in the Truman story? Something like Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, dear people, to my dear listeners of A Journey with Bernie. Welcome. It's great to have you on board, and I gotta thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. How many thank yous was that? That was a number because you deserve them. The fellowship is going up, dear people. The subscribers, thank you, thank you. More people are hearing hearing of their episodes on a weekly basis, uh, Transistor login, um, the other day they informed me it's more than 50 countries now, Ralph, wow. Sandra, hello dear people, <laughs> there's the names of our guests, Ralph and Sandra Gartner. That's it. Hey, get a load of this, Transistor told me yeah. that we've gone to 50 countries and the last one was Alaska. Oh. Well, I thought, I thought that was the state of America. <laughs> Or
1: correct. a state of mind, perhaps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But I do want to thank you, dear listeners, for your, your patronage. And it's just wonderful, isn't it? Just have a think about that. 50 countries, plus 50 countries around the world now, um, uh, there are listeners uh, taking on these stories. And we've got two wonderful guests. We're going to hear not so much story. I, well, I'm sure it will come through, but in Ralph and Sandra Gartner – And coupled with Bernie, guess what you've got, listeners? Oh, my God. Three coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) we've got a mutual friend and we know what she thinks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) of having coaches in her organisation. And when we shared time with her recently, didn't she give us the once over, you know, (laughs) about the role of coaches, coaches get out of here. Well, I'm just laughing to myself because today, I hope we not only play the role of coaches, but we play the role of facilitators and learners. Now, Ralph, I'm looking at you right now because I'm sure, knowing you, you would be the first to say, what is a good coach? What does a good coach even look like? Don't say, you, Bernie. Poor uh, <laughs> good- Sandra. <laughs> well, she's, she's a heck of a lot better looking like- than you, pal. I can assure you of that. What does a good coach look like? What do they sound like? What do they feel like? Who are they?
1: Oh, look, the first word that comes to mind, Bernie, for me is they're genuine.
0: Okay,
1: and and they're learners, yeah. Um, and you know, they bring that to their to their work, yeah, um, yeah. And then, of course, comes all the you know good listening and all of that sort of stuff. But yeah. but prior to that, um, they're genuine, um, and they've got their own coaching lessons to share. You know, yeah. their personal, yeah. Uh, they've done their work, yeah. They've done their inner work. That's what I'm yeah. looking for.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, but I suppose you're also saying if they're great learners, the inner work is, yeah. is, is in a way, never done, but it's a continuous journey for them. Absolutely. Someone yeah. said recently, and, and Sandra responded to this how important is that if you're coaching, advising, and guiding, how important is the quality of curiosity? Oh. <laughs> it, it's
2: fundamental, yeah. Bernie. Like, you, you need to be, you know, like a, a deep diving anthropologist in curiosity so you can really just sort of peel back the layers because people will will present an issue or a breakdown and often that's just a surface issue and then you want to get further into it so you can really understand for them to understand what really might be going on in the deeper layers. And that's the way to get that awareness up and people can then make some you know, choices around around that. So, yeah. yes, curiosity is very, very critical.
0: Did you ever demonstrate, did, did, did you know that you were a curious person as a little girl growing up? I think did... all children are, though. I think that's how we are as yeah. children, aren't we? Yeah. We're
2: always exploring and yeah. digging in the dirt and yeah. creating, you know, crazy, you know, paintings. Well, yeah. so I think curiosity is, is a natural quality of kids and somehow along the way that can be diminished as yeah. we, get, we get, you know, make up our – mind around how we should operate and how we should behave in the world, that curiosity can get narrower and narrower because it's that thing about you become a bit more fixated, you might be an expert in a field yeah. and therefore your vision becomes quite narrow, Yeah, can do, mm. yeah. and so that curiosity can sort of fall away. So yeah. it's important to me. Oh, I, I, I don't
0: work. know about you, but I was always a curious bugger. If I got an English essay or a, uh, uh, an assignment, Even a mathematical assignment, I'd try to write it on Matthew, uh, on on Mahatma Gandhi, or Nelson Mandela, or John F. Kennedy. (laughs) I was always just interested in what made people great, you know. Mm. Ralph, what about your curiosity? Were you a curious young man?
1: Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have called myself that, but of course, at school, I was always getting in trouble for asking too many questions. Yeah, and so I think that that was my innate. Curiosity about what people were saying was true. Yeah. Um or a fact. Yeah. You know, well, who said is it really? Um so yeah, I think curiosity was, as Sandra said, without doubt a fundamental quality of anyone who's going to be helpful as a coach. Um and for me, yeah, it was there at at a young age. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I I think that's how it showed up. You know, I was always questioning yeah. Everything, yeah.
0: <laughs> but bring it all to life now. You're 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 a coach, corporate coach, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. corporate, yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, small business. So a little piece of work. You don't need to mention the company, mm. but j- just in a couple of minutes, a piece of work that you you've done recently, mm. so that we can understand what you're offering mm. to mm. that particular business company or set of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, look. The one that comes to mind is an energy company uh, in Australia, and um, the work I'm passionate about and love to do is teams. So I love working with a leader, whether that's the owner of a business, whether that's the leader of a division or a group within a business. And in this case, it's the leader of a division uh, of a business, um, and they're looking, you know, they 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 show up with, oh, you know, this, that, the other, these behaviors, what we're getting is not quite right. The the morale isn't great. Yeah. And so my work is to really take them on a journey of yeah. self-exploration. Yeah. Um, and then we got to create a context for the behavior you want. Yeah. And often it's that word that context hasn't yeah. been created. Yeah. So mission, vision, values, yeah, behaviors, and then um, you know, building that team ethos and team culture.
0: We we got we'll come back. We've got mm. to come back to that because yep. that that is the principle of what I hear you offering. Mm. How that's done yes, is, is really the interest for well for me yep. and and I assume for our listeners. Great. But I want to hear Sandra. You, you operate in a slightly different dimension, although you're coaching in business as well. What are the differences mm. w- with what mm. Ralph does?
2: Mm. So I uh, tend to work with small businesses and uh, so teams, you know, they could be micro businesses up to four people or maybe a bit bigger, but okay. really that end of the market. And so usually they've come to me because there's been some issue. Yeah. They either could be um, stagnating or yeah, they're just blocked from going where they want to go or there's a breakdown in staffing. Something's happened. And they just come to me to try and get some clarity to move forward. And sure. then I'll work with them as their, as the leader of the business. So yeah. They've got to develop themselves. And then we'll work on the business to grow the business. But gotcha. again, it's first look at yourself yeah. <laughs> and where your blocks are, What where's your blind yeah. spots, what can't you see, what are you avoiding, which yeah. is often the case. Yeah. Um, and then let's work on the business when we've got that foundation in place.
0: Bring it to life for us. Give us a current example. You don't need to mention the yeah. name of the yeah. the business, all yeah. right, but j- just a two-minute description of what are you doing with a business right yeah. at the moment mm-hmm. and, and helping them to move forward. Okay. Um,
2: so one that comes to mind is um, I got the call from the owner saying, look, we're in a crisis. Uh, one of our key team members has left and with him has gone a lot of the uh, – Intellectual property, if you like, all the knowledge about the internal runnings of this business, and through that conversation for for this client, it was apparent that she was also rethinking about her exit strategy from that business. She wanted to have a plan to move out of that business in the next. The owner wanted to, yeah, 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 five five or seven years. So this sort of prompted her thinking about, well, what's my future? So we spent a bit of time talking about that and laying that out so she was clear. And what we needed to do was really just restructure her business to bring in some partners because she felt very alone in the business, had run it for a very long time, done it very well, was well regarded. But, you know, she wanted to have a plan to move on um, and so she needed to bring in some support. So we restructured the business, got some of her um, loyal employees in as partners Yeah, And then we just worked out the systems and processes to support the, the new team Yeah, and also develop the new team so that they could be a really coherent, vibrant, strong, robust group to deal with what was a pretty high-pressured industry. Yeah, um, So that's sort of where the work is at the moment and sure. it's, it's ongoing.
0: But I think what I'm hearing there, which is, is interesting, mm. is that you're almost suggesting that in small business – There's not too much gap between the business and the personal goals. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, for that owner there, Mm -hmm. she or he is looking at him or herself first Mm -hmm. and saying, this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Now, because I want to be there in three, four, five years, the implications of that on the business are, Mm -hmm. what's interesting there is that the personal vision and the personal value and, and what they want seems to dictate... The business. Mm-hmm. You, for sure.
2: I mean, you're right. The gap, there is isn't no gap because yeah. in that end of the market, the small business, the micro businesses particularly, the owner is expressing their vision, their purpose, their values into the world through their business. And um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's an extension of themselves. Whereas yeah. in the higher end of town, yeah. uh, you know, it's- There's the- <laughs> a lot of layers
0: there, isn't yeah. there? And personal values and vision- can be at odds with. Well. We hope not. We hope not. Yeah. But, but
1: less, less uh, the, 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 the need for overlap to be successful is less. Yeah. Uh, you'd certainly want some.
0: It's almost suggesting that in, in, in the high end, uh, you know, m- many employee business, mm. 100 plus are making, it, making yep. those numbers up, there does need to be work in order – to clarify vision values so that it is living and thriving amongst the greater number of employees. (laughs) Hopefully there is less work. Hopefully there is in smaller business because the the owner is bringing that to the table, hopefully with some clarity up front.
2: Not always, Not always. always. (laughs) I mean, people don't, in my experience, don't, often think about their values in great detail.
0: This is, that's it, interesting.
2: I, don't, I think that's probably a general statement. But in my experience working with business owners, I, you know, the conversation around values, well, mm, I don't know, I guess I like, I mean, they're not really that clear. Yeah. So there is work to be done in just let's, let's look at the values and get really clear about yeah. what speaks to you, what, yeah. what, what you hold dear, yeah. and then how does that uh, impact your you know, vision, your mission and and really what you're putting into the world through your yeah. business. And then it informs you in all your decisions. That's a, it's a sort of a guiding light, in hiring and firing, direction, who you want to work with. Yeah. It all comes back to your own personal values yeah. and, and yeah. where you want to take the business.
0: I've got a funny question. Can you guys think of anything that's changed where you bought into that foundational value <laughs> growing up, and, but now you look back upon it and you realize, oh my God, I questioned it and came up with something different.
2: Well, I can. I can definitely. Go for it, Sandra. I can definitely. um Think about it. So, growing up, of course, um, this is about relationships.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I was always uh, searching for that partner that would provide me with security, financial stability, had prospects for the future.
0: What does prospects for the future mean? <laughs> oh, I want to know what prospects
3: for the future mean. <laughs> you know, a
0: so, you know, solid type. Would be, yeah. would be a good, good job.
2: Good job. <laughs> a father, good father to my children. And that—that that was that was the, the ideal that was set up for me, and that's what I bought in to in my 20s, and I found someone that fitted that little brief. Yeah. Well, oh, this is perfect. I've got, I've got it. And now that all blew apart in my late 20s, um, you know, not on my terms, but it just all fell over uh, quite spectacularly. And of course-
0: Oh, there's a story. Then I,
2: to, then I had to rethink, well, what is it about this thing about needing externally to find that safety and security? over there yeah, well. because there was no safety or security in that relationship. Ultimately, I was dumped and I'm back.
0: <laughs> was... you still blaming him, are
2: you? <laughs> no, I'm grateful. I am grateful. It was a gift, uh, but only in hindsight it was a gift. But um, so, yes, if I had to reevaluate what was important to me, and, of course, it was about me feeling safe and secure in myself, you, developing yeah. that in myself. That's
0: interesting. And
2: then uh, over time, my, my, my idea of my neck the partner I was looking for was someone that would nourish that, support that, and,
0: and um, enable me to grow. That's different. That's different. Uh, seeking a partner now that nourishes and supports mm-hmm. your own growth is different than mm-hmm. relying on a partner mm-hmm. who's actually going to be that backbone.
2: Absolutely. Excuse
0: me. You dobbed yourself in. You said spectacularly. <laughs> you, you intimated there's a story. Are you willing to share? happy to. You go for it, please. All ears are listening. <laughs>
2: um, all right. So um, I, we met when I was uh, 23 and we were together for seven years. Wow. Uh, bought a house, living together, all the good stuff. And um, we were going to get married. And so eight months out, planned it all out as you do and invitations were out and People were coming from overseas, all over around the country, the whole shebang. Yeah. And we were in Sydney at this stage because we'd moved. We were living in Sydney. And it was all going to be a big spectacle, you know, the perfect wedding from my end. Um, and about two weeks out, he um, basically, well, didn't quite tap me on the shoulder, but he said, I've got to talk to you. I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. I- I'm leaving. And I'm going, oh, didn't believe it. Of yeah.
0: course. But, After seven years.
2: But he was, it was true. He was leaving. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he couldn't go through with it. Yeah. um, and you know it was shattered my world because I yeah. firstly, I thought, what am I going to do with all these people coming to this wedding? Yeah <laughs> I said, you you'll have to ring my parents because I certainly can't, yeah, um, but then we you know there was a lot of I think I felt a lot of shame around the breakdown of that relationship, um, Wow, yeah, and then slowly, slowly, you know I certainly felt the victim to it too for a while, so you know, poor me, look, I'm the you know betrayed yeah partner, right. yeah. But, you know, over time, you know, six months in, 12 months in, really started to question my own part in the breakdown because wow. I don't think I really, I, well, I didn't see it coming. So that tells me right from the start that I was blinkered. I was yeah. you know, naive to something. I wasn't looking at really what was going on. Yeah. Certainly I wasn't willing to talk about it. Um, and so I've had to learn through that experience. Yeah. And that that was a major you know shift for me and really caused a lot of reflection and a lot of you know, soul searching, using Ralph's term, um, you know, talking with people, <laughs> getting support, reading books, going to workshops, the whole thing. Yeah. And that started the journey for me in terms of finding out really what, you know, more about myself and learning about myself. So You're I was partly
0: a- answering this next question, yeah. but, but but elaborate on it. Mm-hmm. How did it eventually serve you? Mm. How did, I can only imagine mm. the enormous amount of pain and chaos mm. and mm. anguish and, and torture, <laughs> you know, I can imagine that. I, I mean, you. Yeah. L- luckily yeah. announced it two weeks before, otherwise I it know. could have been a terrible scene at the altar, I eh? know, yeah. I know, I'm
2: grateful for that, yeah. but uh, still it was, you know, pretty close yeah. to the wire. Yeah. Um,
0: How did it serve you?
2: Well, I think, as I said, I think it just got me to reflect and reevaluate uh, who I was, what I was looking for, and my neediness in that relationship as well to find that safety and security out from somebody else. So that's really setting up a need, isn't it? A neediness, yeah. yeah. And that's not useful or helpful, yeah. Um, and so I had to work out how I could, you know, support and nourish myself and grow myself so that i wouldn't present as someone that was looking for that yeah but i was uh, you know uh, a whole person that had a lot to offer and yeah. um, a lot of love to give and um, you know fortunately Ralph showed up
0: are you are you a better coach or or did this incident mm. event in your life mm. did it actually become a catalyst for you becoming a coach for looking to to want to share your journey with other people in a in a coaching dimension,
2: I think um, you know I've had plenty of experience with break you know things not working out. So you know dreams, hopes, whatever didn't eventuate. That was one of them; it was yeah. a major one. But there's been others. Yeah. So I think that all informs you or me, yeah, um, and builds resilience and insight, and you know you realize how strong you are and. You know, your capacity to move through those difficult times and get up again. You yeah, know, keep picking yourself up and going forward. I think all my life experience have, has helped. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd say that's part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ralph, I haven't forgotten you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> that's good. This is lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. To hear. No. Well, it's it's it, it's wonderful. To hear not the story, but the the outcome yeah. of the story, and how yeah. pain and chaos, as that Bella Cameron said in a episode three or four, five episodes ago, can't remember exactly when, but she said, you know, love and growth and and transformation is the flip side. Of pain and chaos. Yeah, They're exactly. All, yeah. all in the, in the right. same same dimension. Have, well,
1: you know, yeah. no, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation. An invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal. Or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet. But you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa who are our guides. Are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet? I think so. And they're beautifully founded in the spirit of Buddhism. Just imagine it. Nature, Himalaya, powerful forces, Sherpaism, Buddhism, all infecting and invading your soul. I'm letting you know now, dear people, you come on the mighty trek That's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024. And you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. uh, three. Three seconds I delayed for plus six, one. 412-982-444. Now, you text me and say that you're interested, and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes. We built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms, and and, and I I, I hesitate to say this, but thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness. It will be enhanced. Hey, let's go back to this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Are you enjoying it? Here's an example of a remodified value. Mm. I remember once recently I had a value of love of learning. Yes. And you know what? Then the more and more I thought about it, no, that is not the value. The value is actually thirst for wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a re- molding and reshaping yeah. of love of learning. Yeah, but in fact, they led to a yeah. couple of different yeah. things yeah. because thirst for wisdom determines the podcasts that I listen to, which ones I choose, yeah. the books that I read. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it even mm. determines the fact that I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I think
1: you know what you're triggering for me there is, of course, that you know words themselves are inadequate. Yeah, in, in, in that you know. There's some, what is a value? Well, it's a feeling or it's a sense or it's yeah. a something ineffable. Yeah. But we've got to find a word for it. Yeah. And then, of course, as you've just described, those words um,
0: change, shift. Yeah. But there's
1: some essence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. maybe and maybe the words, their their enhanced meaning actually comes because – I give them meaning. I know what thirst for wisdom actually means. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is we must then ask ourselves: what is the behaviour manifestation of the value? What does that value look like as a Mm behaviour in action? Mm -hmm. I hope you both don't mind, but I, I'm, I'm going back in time to a year and about four months ago, the very first episode of A Journey with Bernie and Ken Packenham. Guess what? About every 10th episode, can you get a mention because <laughs> it was you who taught me, Ken, about the power of not just identifying values but then you then you said you had to clarify them because sometimes and there's that example of love of learning becoming thirst for wisdom. That that's an example of clarifying. Mm. But then Ken, you said you've got to know your values. Knowing meant what does the value look like as a behaviour? And then of course mm. the big question is you've got to be it. You've got to be the 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 behaviour. Let's play a game, the three of us, okay? Sandra, I'm going to start with you. Mm -hmm. We're going to go around the table twice Mm -hmm. and I want you to clearly identify Mm -hmm. one of your top 10 primary values. You go first, Sandra. (laughs) Thanks, Bernie.
2: Um, Okay. Well, I've got a few. So the first one that comes to mind is um, service. Elaborate. A value of service. So I want to be of service to others yeah. and I want to um, demonstrate, I guess, um, what I can offer through service. Yeah. And um, so that comes back to my work, comes to my family. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a way of me being very uh, firm in, in the fact that I want to do work in the world that is going to serve others and serve the bigger picture, humanity, communities, whatever the the bigger picture is.
0: Can I ask you, and I'm actually deviating from the game, (laughs) (laughs) but can I ask you, Mm. in living that value, Mm. does this actually open up the possibility that there are times where you'll do what others might call a piece of work and knowing maybe that the client cannot pay the appropriate fees, mm-hmm. but you are quite happy to be of service mm-hmm. to that that person mm-hmm. or persons,
2: mm-hmm. and I'm often giving coaching you know, sessions for yeah. free. Yeah. So that's um, and in a, an hour's conversation, people can have big breakthroughs that can support them. So, yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, Mm. Because we're going with the clock, Ralph, you're third. I'm next. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, One of my values is the past is irrelevant. Ooh, big one. Live in the now. Um, My elaboration on that is only the meaning I give to the past makes it relevant in the now. And even if it was potent and highly emotive, if I change the meaning to something like it was just part of my journey, just part of my journey, then I can live in the now and maximize today. But the value is I see my past as irrelevant, live in the now. I know it's a sentence, but I've actually got that written down on my vision board. My Mm -hmm. past is irrelevant Live in the now. Mm-hmm. Ralph, your turn.
1: <laughs> well, one of my values, and, you know, for me I hold that to mean something that's important to me, sure. right, um, is disruption. I
3: love well, um, it, right?
1: Well, it used to be something in school and, you know, in my early days that I got into a lot of trouble for. Being disruptive in class, make, you know da 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 da. But as I grew and up, and I realised, well, that's actually a skill. If I if I start <laughs> to use it, use it purposefully Beautiful. and deliberately, then it's very very useful to to my coaches, to, to the organisations I work with. So I'm I value disruption because disruption. Without disruption, there'll be no change. There'll be no transformation. Love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Mate, but you even used it in a bloody game of cards that we were playing the other night, mate. <laughs> right. You, you were totally <laughs> disruptive to the whole darn process, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I wasn't at my conscious best then, Bernie. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I could have been uh, more uh, honest. <laughs> if I tell you, well, that, that's fascinating because at yep. first someone hears the word yes. but they don't understand what that word means to you. No. Right? So you've just clarified mm. what it means yeah. and, and how it's – of of value, mm. it's a different definition of value. How yeah. that
1: value is of value to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, and others, right? So, yeah. to bring and about change, to others, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah.
0: like uh, disruption as a change agent, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sandra, uh, we oh, said to me. you, you yeah. go around,
2: tell. um, okay. So, I think responsibility is a strong value of mine, yeah, responsibility. So, um, we talk about. Um, Ralph and I talk about living above the line as opposed to below the line. So above the line is being responsible, coming from love as opposed to below the line, which is more coming from fear, being restrictive. So responsibility around you know my part in the situation, my part in the conversation, my part in what's being created, where am I coming from? Am I coming from an open curiosity and looking at myself to see where I Played a role in this, um, uh, or am I coming from defensiveness? Am I, I re- retracting? Am I yeah. avoiding? Yeah. Uh, am I being? Irre- am I blaming? Yeah. I justifying all those behaviours, sure. which of course we all do. Um, yeah. That's really down. below the line. That's not being responsible for your own um, actions, responses, um, etc. Yeah. So yeah. responsibility.
0: Okay. Uh, nearly finished, listeners. My um, <laughs> my my second value is. Uh, My body is a temple, right? Um, I've got to honor the temple, right? Now, I know I've said that in sacred words, but you know what? I actually am happy to talk about it in a framework of sacredness because Mm. to me, this body that anybody has got, it's the greatest miracle. It's <laughs> yeah. the greatest machine that's ever been freaking made. Yeah. It's the only machine that I know that can injure yeah. itself and bloody repair itself, you know? And it's just amazing to me how I, we, society, can be so easily conditioned and programmed to think that, oh, balance of processed foods is okay. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> if your body is a temple and it's a Ferrari, yeah. stop buying into everybody's crap that says a balanced diet is fine. No. <laughs> If it's in a frigging packet and it's been processed, it ain't the best for you. What is the best for you? Your fruits, your buddy veggies, your nuts, your legumes. Oh, my God, get serious about honouring the temple. <laughs> now, am I good at it? <laughs> I have been. <laughs> Can be. <laughs> yeah, but I'm about 10% below where I've been before. And here's the funny thing about yeah. it. I'm actually in conflict about it. Right now, as we speak, I'm announcing to mm-hmm. all the listeners out there, mm-hmm. there is about 10 to 15 Percent of Bernie in conflict about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because I can easily, you know, say to myself, "Oh, this is just a social situation." So, guess what? Having an e- excess of salted cashews is fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know? And guess what? In my my view, the amount of salted cashews that I'm eating is not fine, and mm-hmm. I know it mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's the social occasion, so I, I give myself permission, you know? Yeah. Guess what? I do not want to waste one minute of this body's life by um, detrimentally consuming stuff that in my gut and instinct I just know is not serving mm. the temple. Mm. You know, there was that Tony Robbins phrase, There, Tony, I just gave you credit for it, okay? Tony Robbins phrase <laughs> that it used to say, um, something like, will this, will this, uh, will this, cleanse me or will it clog me? Oh, so when yeah, you're great. about to put the food in your mouth, you look at the bloody food and you go, is this a clogger or is this a cleanser? You know? <laughs> and if you had that awareness, yeah. you guess what? I, I do know that when I've looked after the body really well, I tell you what, she's a different operation. She operates differently. Then another four kilos. You know? <laughs> another four kilos. Yeah. My body is a temple. The behavioral manifestation. Eat well, train well, you know? Ralphie.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. One Mate. more. I've yeah, got one, yeah, more. one more. Hello. <laughs> two, two each. Ah,
1: sheesh. Um look something I, something that I realized listening to you yeah. was what a bloody great process this is. Yeah. Because as I was listening to this, of course, it's clarifying my values. I was even getting hits on Oh, there's a value, there's another value. So what a great idea. People could take this one home and Be do a, it do it in their little hello. round the dinner table tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there's value from the podcast right there.
0: Will but, you listeners? Will you yeah. take up Ralph's challenge? Hello, yeah, hello, yeah. hello. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because you learn you know, I'm just noticing that. Learning yeah. from listening. Yeah. Right? Being things being triggered. Um, and being conscious of that. So the thing that um, you know, in this sort of space came off what Sandra was sharing about, you know, when she touched on our values. And, and of course, um, something that's really important to me in, in my marriage is teaching and learning.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And they go together, yeah. being a great teacher and a great learner. Yeah. What comes um, first? Um, learner. <laughs> um, I, I, look, I don't think one yeah, does come right. first, no, right? I was, I was <laughs> teasing myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, but I think- this thing about being the teacher, it's, it's sort of not a teller. Yeah. Not an instruction giver. Love it. Um, but someone, some capability to assist someone to hear me, you know, this is how I work. And Sandra gave a great example of this. And I, and I know this is something that's, that's occurred in, in our marriage, which was when she, uh, found, took, that the, took responsibility for her own boundaries, yeah, Ralph, I need some time. Yeah. you know, I, I, I want to stay with you, I want to stay present here, and I need some time. Yeah. Now, before she learned to do that and so and teach me that, I was just overwhelming her.
0: Yeah,
1: right, uh, you know, with my energy, my you know bigness. Uh, not reckon, realizing it, but yeah. but that's what was occurring, yeah. you know. And then I'm yeah. there; I'd end up going, "Well, come on, what do you think? Come on, come yeah. on, come on, you know, say something." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. being a learner and being a teacher, very yeah. really important
0: Ruff, in a marriage. Do the podcast a favor and hmm? please pick up Sandra's head off the floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because she was nodding
0: up and down. Yeah. So- <laughs> So viciously, (laughs) I'm pretty sure (laughs) she was totally in in agreement with you. I remember
2: early in the early days, you know, that big energy of Ralph, and I'm backing away until I'm right in the corner of a room and I had nowhere to go. Like, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what do I do? And this was a discussion? (laughs) Not at that time.
0: (laughs) It it wasn't something. Yeah, but uh, Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. Well, you, you know, what what's interesting is is I felt that we not only identified and presented values, none of which is a sale to our listeners at all, but I think in each of those six examples there was a description of what the values looked like as a, a behavior, the mm. manifestation of the values. And our listeners, I'm sure you could actually hear how the values then actually mold and shape behavior and, and direction. They, they actually give clarification to what we do today, uh, this afternoon. Uh, they, they actually help in clarifying correct decisions yeah. on one provider. We're aware of them. Mm-hmm so aware of them that it's really difficult not to be living them on a regular yeah I, I want to use the word momentary basis. Yeah. However, yeah. I'm gonna throw this in. Welcome to humanity. I haven't yet met a human no. being. I know this fella is a heck of a long way away from it, right? Yeah, yeah. In 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 living your values on a momentary basis. But can I throw this at you? Who would we become if we learned how to do that? I want you to imagine a person who was fully aware of their clarified values and actually lived them on a momentary basis. Who would they be?
2: Well, that's a great question for everyone to ask themselves, I would think, you know, because it's really about if those values are the shining light, the thing that guides you, what's the possible, you know, what's possible for you if you live those moment to moment? And you're right, we don't. We, we waver. We, you know,
1: well, we get distracted. We get
2: distracted. Yeah. We fall off yeah, the wagon. Distracted. Yeah,
1: distracted. But I, I think, you know, if, if I was going to answer that, I'd have to say, oh, well, you'd be a transcendent being.
3: Greetings and salutations, you lords and ladies of podcast land. It's Chip Huddy here, and I thought this would be a good time to butt in with one of my patented loaded questions, because Ralph just hit us with what you might call a big call, a transcendent being. Is that what you'd become, do you reckon, if you first clarified, crystal clarified your values and then lived them in every single moment? If you embodied your values so totally, so completely. Or think about the question another way. What is it that you'd be transcending if you lived in such a way? Consider the word transcend, which means to be or go beyond the range or limits of something. What would you be moving beyond? What limits would you be breaking through if you embodied your values in every single Moment and do you reckon that's even possible, or are we poor wretched humans just too imperfect for that? I want to know what you think Bernie wants to know what you think. Tell us what you think in the comments come on people let's get this party started wow which a, which means term. you're probably not in on
1: planet earth anymore oh. you've, you've left because mm. because to me um you, you know the and and this one a value of um of uh compassion, yeah, self-acceptance, self-love. Yeah. Uh why is that important? Well, because I am a human being. I am fallible. Yeah. And as you've said, you know, I can have an ambition to live yeah. these values moment by moment by moment. Yeah. And I'll fail. Yeah. And and it's in the failing that awareness, you know, so so if oh, so, oh, so if Sandra's holding her hand up, yeah. You know, going, hey Ralph, hey Ralph, I need a bit of space. I know I've violated one of my own values, yeah, and that would be respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, provide space, be a learner. Clearly, I'm not doing that right at this instance. What am I valuing right now? Yeah. And this is the other piece. See, all behaviour is underpinned by values. Yeah. The question is, what values? <laughs> yeah. So if I'm if I'm when I was in the place, this is you know thankfully not happened that yeah. I can think of in recent times. But back, you know, years back where I was, you know, getting in her face yeah. about something, what was I valuing? Well, what I came to understand was I was valuing being right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and you were, Ralph. I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, but, but, and of course, you know, when you see that and go, oh, Dear, dear yeah, Ralph, yeah, you yeah, poor, yeah. poor, poor, sad little creature. Yeah, Relax. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah, a deep breath. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You
0: don't have to be right. Yeah. You know. Ralph, you used the word transcendent there, and and <laughs> yeah. I understand why you would have used it. May may I just suggest something a little less than transcendent <laughs> that I think is available to each and every one of us. It is I've I feel for me that. The more and more I live my values with greater awareness, the more authentic I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. The more solid I feel. Yeah. And it's interesting. As a result of that, the less self-absorbed I am. Yeah. Because if you're walking authenticity, if you if you if you're if you're solid, you don't have to worry about. (laughs) And it's sort of like leads to a feeling of fulfilment mm. for me. Yeah. 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 I, I
1: agree. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Was, the word satisfaction came yeah. to me, you know, yeah, that's right. yeah, you yeah, know yeah, we yeah, were talking yeah, about yeah, earlier. Yeah, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a
2: reason they're called core values, you know, the core, the centre of you, the essence yeah. of you, yeah. Yeah. they're your core. Yeah. That's what gives you that stability, yeah. that strength, yeah. that inner knowingness. Yeah. yeah. And it's that knowingness that yeah. has you be okay about being vulnerable and authentic yeah. because you've yeah. got a solid mm. base to stand in. And you know, you know yourself, yep. and I mean, that's been my journey from those early years. Yeah. So you know, I can definitely attest to that thing about it holds you, you know, in a stronger place to yeah. understand your core and your core values. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah, yeah,
1: Well, then you've got, as you say, core solid, centered. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Hey,
0: here's a here's a statement. Right. Do values. Clarified values, knowing your values, being it, in some ways, do they then begin to define your purpose? So, what's being suggested here. Is there value in an individual saying, well, right at the moment, this is the purpose of my whole existence. This is why I exist down here upon planet Earth. And do values underpin it? Or do you work the other way around and you say, oh, what's my purpose? And oh, that'll tell me what my values are. Thoughts please? Thoughts, please? Thoughts, oh, I definitely Sandra. I
2: definitely think the the um, the values come first.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I think you that's it,
2: interesting. You, you, you can, Get a sense of your values, then yeah. from that you can they can inform your purpose. Yeah. Um, so that would be my interpretation of the way it works. What do you think?
0: No, forget Ralph at uh, the moment. I'm investigating uh- <laughs> you, Sandra. Because <laughs> I want to ask you, you if you say that mm. and you've given me a hint of two values, can I ask you what they're for? is your values-centric, values-driven purpose. Mm-hmm. What is your life purpose, mm-hmm. your existence purpose? Mm-hmm. What is it? Mm-hmm. Is that okay to ask? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's to support individuals Yeah. and uh, couples, teams to uh, grow and develop couples uh, and, teams. and oh. um, create a sense of community and uh, develop uh, feel like they're fulfilled in their in their activities in in yeah. work and life um and make a contribution I think to the the planet.
0: I well, that's like a there's a bit of wow in there. I've got support, mm. I've got contribution. I heard community. Mm. These are almost key words that mm. define the essence mm. of your purpose. Mm. Wow.
2: so yes, like care, community, responsibility. Um, They're all part, they're my values. Yeah, I right. know, they're so server, your values. Service. And so they're, oh, they're my core values and yeah. they've, they've defined my, my purpose. My
0: purpose, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about this, this question, Ralph, about values underpinning purpose mm. or the other way around?
1: No, no, I think values give rise to purpose. Yeah. Because it's by pursuing a purpose that you give, bring your values to life. Yeah. So a value, you know, if it's not lived, well, then you're not. Going to be satisfying what is yeah. important to me yeah you know i'm not, so so it's important to me you know freedom fun yeah um, uh transformation um these are all values of mine um and i I wrote a values uh, a purpose sorry a purpose statement in about nineteen ninety two I think it was, and um it was to inspire, enlighten, and educate as many people as possible, yeah, and have as much fun as possible doing it. <laughs> And, and Say so that
0: one more time, please. So your purpose is, is to is?
1: inspire, enlighten, and yeah. educate yeah. as many people as possible yeah. and have as much fun as possible doing it.
0: Loaded question. Hmm. Where is Sandra in that purpose?
1: Yeah. Um, well, she's been inspired and enlightened and educated, I think, by me over the journey of thirty odd years. Yeah. Would that be true, love? Like?
2: I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. So so there you go. And we've had lots of fun along the way. And so. we've
1: certainly had plenty of fun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that like that informs how I go about being in yeah. our relationship for sure. Yeah. And every relationship really. Yeah. Um, to some people's annoyance. And, you know, one of the things I've got to be a bit careful about with that is that I I, you know, um seek permission to be in, inspiring, enlightening, or yeah. educational. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not something that maybe at a barbecue someone's up for. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um so context. You know yeah uh, that's a bit like being disruptive, as I said earlier, you know, yeah. disruptive, um, you know that didn't go down so well in the classroom, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when I use that deliberately in my work, yeah, it's very, very powerful, yeah, um, but if I'm out again, you know, a social evening, and yeah, um, you know, I start disrupting people's you know belief systems or whatever it is about something or other, yeah. then again that can.
0: Not be so great. Well, so. yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's right time, right place, yeah, isn't it? Context, you know? Yeah, context. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 Oh, poor listeners, courage to be this like, separation Bingo. of tasks. Have you, heard of, have you <laughs> yeah. heard of that term, separation of tasks? Know what yeah. your task is, mm. when is it the appropriate time to deliver that task? But More importantly, know when it is not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That, that whole it. concept actually changed the way – no, it didn't, it didn't change it. It shifted the way I coach. Yes. I've always been a storyteller, a game player, mm. limited in time to facilitate the outcome of the game. So I just bloody tell them, mm. you know, what the game is all about. But no, no, got to facilitate them more and more yeah. and more. Lead them to, yeah. to, to them recognising mm. the outcome. Mm, mm, mm. Got to have time, you know, to yep. do that. Yep. Get in there on the journey with them rather than separate myself from them. Yes. yeah, And not, agree.
2: Not, not be so invested in the end result, but it's the, the, the journey, process. the process. Yeah. And the end result may not be what you anticipate and yeah. therefore you need to be okay with that because yeah. it can always go somewhere else potentially, but the journey, the process is what's important.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> do,
0: you, do you two have a purpose for your marriage? Do you have a defined purpose? Do you know what you're trying to create through your marriage? Sandra, you looked at Ralph. Ralph looked at you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: It's a great question. I, I, I think we do for our business, and I think when we look at that, it would probably reflect, the, well, it does reflect the values of our marriage. But I don't, we haven't articulated a purpose for this union um, is it in our wedding vows?
0: Oh, well, god, she's got to remember the vows now, mate. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, I, you know.
1: but I, I, I certainly know things like, um, you know, fun and learning mm-hmm. are certainly in our mm-hmm. vows, mm-hmm. um,
2: and growth and development, growth and, and support, yeah, because yeah. We, were, we
1: were well down that path, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I suppose well down. I mean, it was only two years after we'd met, but. Yeah. Um, See, I'm not even yeah. married.
0: <laughs> not now, you, at the you moment. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And yeah, it, yeah. it will happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or partnership. I'm really, yeah, yeah. really confident of that. Yeah. Um, and I look, I look forward to being, and I'm driven by this purpose to be mm. a man who can love deeply, mm. very deeply. Mm. And to me, the definition of that is love in action on a daily basis. Yeah. Mm. Because I want—I'd I, love to be a catalyst with the right partner to creating the greater us, mm. and the us to me is something far bigger than who I am, mm. and far bigger than who she is, and can only be created mm. through through the both of us. But yeah. it actually is a hard-edged purpose. Mm. I call it the
3: us. <laughs> Hello again, people of Podcast Land. It's Chip Huddy. And I had to jump in here because why? Because Chippy loves love. Talking right now in particular about romantic love. The love between a boy and a girl, a man and a woman, two ladies, two fellas, two people devoted to each other in that kissy-kissy kind of way. And look, I hate to feed his ego, but jeez, Bernie nailed it with what he just said about, I guess, an ideal relationship, right? Go listen to it again for some inspo and then come back here and tell me when did you get it so right in your relationship? When did you just show up for your partner in just the way they needed you to, just when they needed you to? What did you do from? Why did it work? How did you know it would work before you did it? Or what did you realize after it had worked? Or flip it if that's easier for you. When did your partner show up for you in this way give me the granular details people, put them in the comments let's build us a buffet of loving acts to inform and inspire our community, go I'm only sharing that it's just a
0: sharing. That's all. Yep. Not with you two. It's sharing with the listeners. Yeah. Um, it's not meant to be a coaching at all. It's it's just I, I figured that if anybody listening to this podcast hears all these things, it could actually make them say, "Oh, that's interesting. That's you know, that's different." Oh wow, God, Bernie's off at the fairies. <laughs> 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 however, you re, however you react, you know, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, guess what? We've been going over well over an hour uh, mm-hmm. now, and 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 while we're touching on it, perhaps now, um, the word love and happiness and and meaning, which is ultimately the purpose of this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to bring it back to to those words. And the understanding around love, happiness and meaning as we head towards the close, you know. Mm. Sandra.
2: What was the question, Bernie? Uh,
0: no, I, I've no, I haven't asked you the question yet. I just said Sandra. Oh, yes, Bernie. <laughs> what is love? Oh,
2: what is love? Well.
0: Here we are talking about it. Here we are talking about it being a, a manifestation of who we are and all that we would like to do and to be. But at the end of the day, what the friggin' hell is it? What is love? Did you hear what I just said? Friggin' hell is love. I reckon there's a dichotomy in that. What is love?
2: Well, I think it's a, a really positive energy um, that does d- that can do good in the world. Yeah. Um, whether it's the love of, um, you know, a vacation, love of a partner, love of a child, love of yourself, it's got to be, um, you know, it's got to be for the good. Um, yeah. It's an expansion. It's an opening. It's a you know, deeply felt sensation. Uh, here I am touching my heart. It's common, yeah. commonly associated with this part of the body, so yeah. you can feel it. The body knows it. Uh, you can sense that when you know you're in the presence of someone or in an experience, and you can you know, really feel the opening. So it, it's a catalyst for for growth, change, wow. innovation. I mean, wow, creation.
0: Wow, <laughs> but I love what you you know. It's a it's an energy dedicated to good in the world. What a beautiful definition. Love is an energy dedicated to only good in the world. Well, guess what? I'm, Thank you. I am thinking of, um, of our dear listeners. Listeners, mm. how did you go? Oh, my God, you've been on the receiving end of three coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually hope that that is not your experience, I hope your experience is, you know, three curious people who over a lifetime have perhaps dedicated themselves to that curiosity. Not everybody adopts that gift, the gift of curiosity. No. But as a result of, of meeting people who are curious, they're always digging prodding, exploring, discovering, uh, learning. Um, and, and, and if they decide that they have the calling of teaching, um, then, and they honor that calling, then they can become sharers of that information. And, uh, I suppose that might be a tentative definition of a, of a coach. mm <laughs> Dear listeners, thank you ever so much for being a part of this wonderful episode. Ralph, thank you. Thank Aaron you so Bernie. much. Did you enjoy it? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yes. Sandra, how'd you go? Fabulous,
2: Bernie. Thank you. <laughs>
0: thank Ralph, don't forget Sandra's head still on the, yeah. on the floor over there, please, <laughs> mate. And thank you, dear listeners. You've been part of yet another episode. Clock it up, folks. A journey with – oh, by the way, go back to that button in Apple and the button at Amazon and the buttons there at uh, Spotify, There's subscriber buttons. I need your fellowship. I don't need it. Guess what? The world needs is, folks. They need to hear what we've just been discussing over the last hour. Thank you, dear listeners. It's been great to have you on a Journey with with Bernie. Thank you, Sandra. I thought Ralph was a bit slow (laughs) there. Bye, folks. (laughs) Love you dearly. Bye. Well, good people, what did you think of that episode? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. I just love hearing of people's journeys and their stories that allow us to be able to identify what strategies and actions, routines, disciplines, ways of seeing self in the world that we can consider so that you and I, through their story, can become a more loving human being. Now, glued to this particular episode, of course, is Chipster, Lachlan Huddy, And our editor and producer is now going to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of the actions and the strategies that you and I might consider in order to become
3: that more loving human being. Hey, over to you, Chipster. Thank you, Sir Bernie. You are a knight of the old code, and I lift the visor of my helm to you in salute. Ah, You'll have to forgive me, folks, I'm feeling whimsical tonight, so you'll need to put up with a few florid turns of phrase, I promise, I'll make it worth your while. So, the overarching theme of this episode, I think we can agree, was values, how essential they are, discovering them, understanding them, living them. That, it seems to me, is the bedrock of any happy, loving, meaningful life. But we've spoken a fair bit about values on past episodes, and as it happens, Bernie and I have just recorded a Christmas special together, which we'll release next month, uh, and in which we have quite a nice, uh, quite in-depth chat about values. Uh, So that's something you can look forward to. Uh, And in the meanwhile, I'm going to leave the subject of values in the podcast proper and home in on Sandra's definition of love and energy for good in the world. That's pretty damn neat, isn't it? Really um, sums it up. But I want to drill into it uh, because it's a spiffy turn of phrase, yes, but it's not obvious how we actually translate that into action. How do we harness that energy? How do we make it a value that we can strive to embody from moment to moment to moment? So let me bring uh, my own definition of love in here uh, because I think it'll be helpful. Okay, so to me, Love is honesty, honesty, first with oneself, then with the world, because honesty is the basis of all love. Not bluntness, not coldness, not detachedness. Okay. Too many people confuse those with honesty. I'm talking about unflinching, compassionate truth-telling. I'm talking about the refusal to entertain bullshit, even if it's comforting bullshit, because honesty builds trust. And trust is the bridge over which love can move between people and indeed between the parts of one's own self. So to live love as a value, to harness that energy, that all starts with honesty. If we're unhappy, if we're feeling rudderless, unfulfilled, unable to connect with ourselves or with others, I think it's probably because we're being dishonest in some way, almost certainly dishonest with ourselves, which sounds gloomy, doesn't it? But guess what? That's good news. Because it means that all you have to do to move towards happiness is find the lie at the heart of your unhappiness and cut that bastard out. Let me give you an example. So this problem started for me a few years ago while I was, in my mind, stuck. I was stuck in a job. I stuck in a place I wasn't enjoying anymore. You know, it, it was time to leave. It had been time to leave for a while, but I hadn't mustered the courage to make that leap. So what do you do in that situation when you're not deriving that eudaimonic pleasure, which is the pleasure that comes from inside. Okay, so what do you do when you're in that situation? You start looking outward towards hedonistic pleasures. So it started for me very unremarkably, as these things always do. Uh, I'd have a glass or two of wine at night, just to wind down, you know. Uh, then the glasses turned into a bottle. Uh, the bottle turned into two. Twice a week, three times a week, this was happening. Even after um, I'd left the job, I'd left the place, this bad habit just stuck around, uh, and I thought I was handling it. I wasn't getting sloppy, um, I've never been a terrible drunk, I was still meeting all my responsibilities, and, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, I, was even plugging the w- <laughs> I was even plugging the wine into my calorie tracking app, right? That's how anal retentive I am, so I was keeping myself honest, I thought. But then late last year, my wife remarked one night, about how obnoxious I could get when I was drunk. And she didn't even mean to hurt my feelings, but it hit me like a goddamn freight train because you know what this meant? I wasn't handling it. The drinking was changing me and changing me for the worst. And part of me always knew, of course. Uh, I was definitely quicker to anger when I'd been drinking. My resentments took control far too often. Uh, And I was slower the next day. Energy and motivation were a conspicuous casualty of all this fun. And I was not happy. Because I was not honest. The lie at the heart of it, which my gorgeous wife unwittingly forced me to confront, was just this. And it's very boring. I wasn't handling it. I wasn't this insufferable ogre, but I was not Being the man I wanted to be. It was time to put the wine away. Now, I won't pretend it happened immediately. Uh, I wound it down. I still drank weekly, but at least confined it to the weekends like a normal, semi-normal human being. And I'll tell you this. We had a liver shuddering last hurrah in July when we went to Germany for my best mate's wedding. We drank everything in Europe. I'm telling you. But after that, the wine did go away and it has stayed away. Now, brass tacks. uh, My wife and I are in the process of freezing some embryos for potential future babies, Um, and it's obviously best to be clean and sober during that process. So, having that external goal that has helped a lot. So, I would say, if you're like I was and you're looking to break a bad habit, it's so fortifying to have a concrete reason to pin that breaking of the habit onto, um, at least to start with, just something meaningful uh, to get you going and to keep you actually honest and then once you get going once you've been honest for long enough guess what that love for yourself comes back because you trust yourself again and when you're in that headspace hey drinking on a wednesday night doesn't seem like such a great idea anymore now i won't pretend i'll never have another drink i do enjoy my scotch do enjoy my wine do enjoy my tongba uh with our nepalese friends but when i do have a drink again It'll be because there's something worth celebrating. Not because it's been more than two days since the last drink. And because I think I can handle it. Alright, I'll leave you there, my beautiful people. I hope that made some kind of sense. If it didn't, let me know in the comments. And hey, be honest. I'm Chip Party. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay. And I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. As always, my friends. Auf ah,
0: that was gold, dear people. That was Lock and Huddy and Chips Take Home Pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know, and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this.